Today we're going to be discussing halachot pertaining to travel. Okay, and obviously the, maybe the first halacha that comes to mind when it comes to travel is tefillat haderech. Now it's very, very interesting. I don't know if any of you noticed that in your perusal through Mishnah Torah that the Rambam does not mention the halacha of tefillat haderech not once. Nearly a once. Um, it's mentioned in the Shulchan Aruch, in Kuf Yud, in Arachayim. And, I mean, the Gemara mentions it. A person who goes, a person who travels, would say the following, uh, the following prayer. What uh, length of travel does a person need to travel in order to be chayav, in, or that he would be able to say Tfil Sederach? So, the Shulchan Aruch is Kovei Aparsa. So if you travel a parsa, then you say tfiyazaderach. If you travel less than a parsa, you wouldn't say tfiyazaderach. Okay? Oh, I was waiting for someone to ask, what's a parsa? And the answer is four meal. Four what? Four meal. What's a meal? What's a meal? A meal is about 2,000 amot. Okay. So you're talking about eight thousand amot, approximately two point five miles. Yeah, four kilometers, approximately four kilometers. That's the shear that the the Shukhanach says uh, a person would say tefilah And we're talking about a travel from one city to another city. In other words, not within a city. If you're traveling in a big city. Doesn't make a difference how long you travel. If it's in that city, Chazal were not Kovea, Tfilat Aderech, and you wouldn't be able to say Tfilat Aderech, even if you would travel through very dangerous parts of the city, you wouldn't be able to say Tfilat Aderech. Now, uh, Ravad Yosef in his Yechavadat points out that this shear of a parsa is actually not a shear in distance, but rather a shear in time. It's the amount of time it takes to walk for a meal, which everybody knows is 72 minutes. Okay? So Ravad Yosef Zatzal is Kovea, that a person doesn't say Tfil Saderech unless he's going on a trip, that the amount, the, the length of the trip, the time of the trip is 72 minutes. Anything okay. less than that, pardon me? Outside the city as well. Yes. Outside of the sea as well. Anything less than that, you wouldn't you wouldn't do it. But if you're in a vehicle, does that change? Because no, no, it doesn't make any difference. You're in a vehicle or a plane, to... roller skates, okay. or walking. It's 70, 72 minutes. It doesn't make seventy two minutes. Okay. And because of this machloket, Rav Amital Zatzal used to be mocked to say his tefillah in Shomea Tefillah of the Shmona Esrei right before he would travel because he didn't want to get into a suffix. Yes, sir. Um, what about your your travel? Your destination um, is might be seventy minutes away, but there are like cities in between there, and you're not actually leaving any tchum. Okay. If you're not leaving the tchum, you also wouldn't. It would be a suffix. It would be a suffix that you could say tefillah okay. Um Three years ago, I asked Rav, Rav Luchlanzin Zatzal whether he says tefillah between here and Yushalayim, and he said, "No, I don't." And up until that point, I was always saying Tfilah between here and Yushalayim. And um, the Mishabura points out... Is there a reason The Mishabura points out that if you, if you travel from city A to city B, even if it's less than, um, than, a, than a parsa, if that area is a dangerous area, it's a makam sakana, then you're allowed to say Tfilah so in other words, but you still, it's not within the same city. You know, it's within the same city, it doesn't make a difference how dangerous it is. But if you're going from, I don't know, a long shul to a frat, let's say you, you, you decide, or some posek decides that it's a makom sakana, then you'd be able to also say tefillah zaderech. So also between here and Yushalayim, if a person is convinced that it's a makom sakana, then he would be able to say, or he should say tefillah zaderech. Rav Luchansin, three years ago, didn't, didn't feel that it was Makum Sakana, and therefore it didn't warrant saying Tfil Saderach. And then from that moment on, I stopped saying Tfil Saderach between here and Yushalayim. Yes, Uri. Does the 72 minutes include traffic or not? Like, it traffic? includes traffic. If, you, if your journey is 72 minutes, it doesn't make a difference if it's you know, a camel or a car with traffic, whatever. If it's 72 minutes, then, then you say Tfil Saderach. Yes, Avi. What if it's a 30 minute Pardon me? 
Again, if that dangerous place is between the two cities, then the Mishnah says that you should say Tfiyas Within the city? No. Yes? Um, must it be a parsa total from between Tchumim, or meaning like I leave now lunch? Between Tchumim. Between Tchumim. So from here to Shalim, it's definitely not a parsa. I wouldn't say definitely not. You're talking about four kilometers. Right, but, but between the Tchumim. I think it is. I think it is. I think it is. Yeah? I think so. All the way to Gilo? Maybe not. Maybe you're right. You're right. Har Gilo. It could be that it's not four parts between you. That would add to the suffix. Yes? Two questions. Firstly, if I'm in, say, an area of a lot of countryside, I'm about 17 minutes from point A to point B, but it's not, neither of them are cities, is there a South Africa or not? You're going from point A to point B, and neither of them are cities. But there's the distance. Yes, you say to Yosadev. You don't need the city, you need the open space. I mean, the point is that you're outside of a city. Okay. If you're traveling outside of a city, then you say to Yosadev. You don't have to be between two cities. Okay, now, assumably the same would apply if it's one's a city and one isn't. Correct, correct. And within what you asked uh, Ravaran, do you think in the last three years the Messias has changed on that? No, or not? no, no. Considering what's happened? Yeah. Is it that you think that travel time will be more than 72 minutes? From your experience, it's more than 72 minutes. Well, let's say it's your first time going to point B. Oh, so you use G-Maps or, 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 or Waze. Like and ask Waze how long it's going to be. And it says 60 minutes, and it doesn't factor in traffic. Let's say Waze does. So, let's say you're using Google. Google Maps does too. Well, you go to Waze. Yeah, Google, Google Maps also factors in traffic. Let's say you're on an old-fashioned GPS. Let's say you, you don't know... Let's say you, you just don't know. I would, I would say it's first of I would estimate, in my estimation, I would say it's first of and at what point I would say to Yosef the truth is, personally, I would do it, you know, not, I, and I, I don't know if I would be machmer like, like, like Ravad Yosef about the 72 minutes. I would probably stick with the 2.5 miles and say to Yosef Okay? All right. Uh, when's the proper time to say to So you're supposed to start out on your trip. In other words, you know, if you're in Elon Shvot, you don't say to Yosef in Elon Shvot, but after you leave the outskirts of Alon Shvot, or you leave the gate of Alon Shvot, that's when you can say Tfilah Now, the parallel, if you'd be flying on an airplane, would be really liftoff, not while you're in the plane, which is a little bit disturbing because, you know, one of the most dangerous times is actually liftoff, and you really want to have that Tfilah under your belt, so to speak, before you start lifting off. Now, in truth, um, most airports nowadays are outside of the trum of the city. And therefore, when you're, whenever vehicle you're getting into, to ultimately get to the airport, there's probably a point where you'd say Tfil Zadarach before you get to the plane. You're machabin for the car and the, and the plane trip. Um, but if not, or if you forgot to say Tfil Zadarach, I would say that you could start saying Tfil Zadarach once the plane starts to move, and you don't have to wait till you know, you're picking up speed and, and lifting off the ground. You could say Tfil Zadarach then. Now, if a person forgot to say Tfilah at that point. As long as he remembers before he arrives in the city of his destination, he would be able to say, or should say Tfilah Yes, Ty? Um, you said that Rabbi Tal says it in the middle of a smart how could he say it in the middle of a smart if you hadn't left the, like, directly you're in a lunch before you, Right, that's the point. In other words, in your Shmakoleinu, you could ask for anything. Anything? Anything. <laughs> Anything. So, in other words, if he had a sofek, whether he's chayv tzius or not, or let's say he feels, I want to go through a bad part of Houston, a bad part of the town, you could say tzius derechon and shma because you could you could ask for anything in shma It's not me. It's not a din of tzius derech as the takana necessarily, but it works. It's the same words. And Ravami tells us how felt that that covers him. No, that's the regular takana tzius but to say it in shma you could ask for anything. You would say. You say yes, yes, yes. I'll get to that. Yes, yeah. If you forget the entire plane ride and like you're in the car and your hotel in the uh, in the destination city, can you still say it? No. Once you're inside your destination city, you don't say it. Anymore. And if the hotel's outside the city that you landed in. Yes. If you were right outside the city, you could you should still say it. Okay. Um, Every day of your travel is is a new day vis-a-vis Tfil Sadera. Yes, Ben. Okay, good. So we'll, we'll wait until I finish the section, then you ask. 
every day is a new day. In other words, every day is mechay of you to say tefillah another time, so that if you are on a plane or a train or even a car, drive, you know, traveling through the night, and you already said it before you started your trip, once the Nei Tzachama happens, okay, um, if you're awake, you would say it without a bracha. Okay, that's how the Mishabura Paskins. If you fell asleep, and then you woke up, and, and the sun has, uh, is about, rises, then you would make it with a bracha. Okay, so again, you're on a plane, before you got the plane, you already said you to your and then you went to sleep, and you woke up, and it's still, it's dark outside. You don't say Tfiyos When the sun rises, when you see the sun, then you say Tfiyos with a bracha. If, however, you took off on the plane, and you were awake the entire time, you never fell asleep, so then you say, you say when sunrise happens, you say it without a bracha. Hold it, hold on to your question, just a moment. Um, if you, if in your travel you stop at a particular point, but it's only a stopover on your on your way to where you want to get to. Let's say you want to get to New York and you stop over in London, and you're switching a plane. Then four hours later you're going to continue. You don't say another tefillah is covering you for the entire day travel. If, however, your plan was to go to New York, and when you landed in Heathrow, you looked and said, "What a beautiful country! You know what? I'm going to spend a couple of days here." Okay, then obviously, you know. Well, I'll say it the other way around. Let's say you decide to go to London, and you got to London, and you said, what a rainy, miserable place. I'm going to go on the next plane to New York. <laughs> then you'd be chayved to make another tefillah sederach. Because then your kavana was only to go to, to London, and you change your mind, then it's already considered a new, uh, a new trip. Hold on, hold on to your questions. Um... Okay, yes, questions, yes, time. Two questions. One, is it, you only have to say, let's say, if you're going from a lunch group to Kriyat Shmona or whatever, like it's more than four okay, twice a day, like you say it once a day, you're you say it for the day? For the day. What about if you're now going to Heathrow and you said, I don't want to go to Heathrow, and in that same day, you now go to New York? Because there, you had, when you made your Tfil Sadaqa, you had a particular journey in mind, you finished that journey, and then you changed your mind, and, and now you want to continue. So then you have another Tfil Sadaqa. Okay, Yossi. Um, what do you consider uh, the shear for sleeping? Meaning, if I, I don't know if I doze off for half an hour on a plane, is that sleeping? Um, Good I'm question. Sleeping. Good question. There are many different day out, I would say 72 minutes. And that would be the same for making bracha in the morning? Yeah. Avi. Uh, let's, say, let's say you land in Heathrow at 11.58 p.m. or like really, really close to like the next day. No, have- next day is not midnight. Next day, Jewish next day? There's Nate's. Nate's a chama. It's next day. Let's say you do a right before Nate's, but it doesn't seem like a next day. It's like one journey, but it just happens to go back. If you've slept on the plane by Nate's a if you're going to continue tra- uh, traveling, you say it again, even if you're in the middle so you of... So you're up the whole time. If you're up the whole time, you make it without a bracha. Okay? Yes? Why is it Nate's as opposed to um, sunset? I don't know. I don't know. There are two different definitions of next day that I know of. You know, one is a calendar. One is a calendar next day, which would be sunset or tzeit, and one is the karbanos next day or tefillah next day. Karbanos and tefillah. The next day is nates. Okay. All right. Um, everybody should say. Their own tefillah and I know this counters the common minog bnei Akiva. I know that, but it's wrong. Okay, um, everybody should say their own tefillah sederach. So if you're on a bus, if you're on a bus and someone gets to the head of the bus, oh, now we're going to say tefillah sederach. You should be saying it either along with him or her, or take out your own sidur, and you're supposed to say it on your own. And if you don't believe me. Look it up in the Mishnabura, Kuf Tzadi Gimel, Sif Katan Hay. Okay, also Kuf Pei Gimel, uh, uh, Sif Katan Zayin. Two places. He says that everybody, you know, everybody should say it on his own. Okay? Mishnabura what? 
if if you're in a situation where people don't have a nusach, then I would say the person that goes to the microphone should say, listen, I'm going to say it slowly, so you say it with me. And each person should enunciate it on his own. If people are not capable of making brachos on their own, and there might be such people, so then you tell them, uh, perhaps I should say it with you, but even midin shamei kaolne, it's a machoket poskim whether a microphone would serve midin shamei kaolne. Coin to shomos amen orbach satzal, and it doesn't help you a microphone. Okay, so again, everybody preferably should be saying it for themselves. Now, there's a very interesting shayla that the Mordechai raises, and that is although the Gemara you know gives us a nusach of what fiosaderech is. It should really be a, a bracha smucha lechavrita. Because according to the rules that Chazal gave on when he is supposed to make a bracha smucha lechavrita, so tfiyos aderech is like a long nusach, and then at the end, bracha ta'ashem shamea tefillah. And, and by rights, it should start with some kind of a bracha ta'ashem in the beginning. So the Murachai suggests is the person creates an artificial bracha in the beginning by eating something. Or drinking a cup of water and then making a brain of fashot and then immediately with the brain of fashot go into his, his hiratzon. And if you have food handy and you have that ability to either make a bracha rishona, um, you know, eat a small amount of something or a bracha achrona and go into your tfiyosadech, that's preferable if you can. That's what Mishabura agrees with. If you could do it, you should do it. Okay? Yes? Would, that, would the same thing work if you, I don't know, saw thunder at that second? Yes, it would work. I never tried it, but... Yeah, 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 you made a bracha, yeah. But without it, it's so... Without making the bracha... If you can't, if you don't have anything to make a bracha, just just say the Tfil Saderach. Don't delay your Tfil Saderach in order to, you know, to, you could stop at a gas station or something like that. You shouldn't do that. All right, um, any Kohanim in the room? None? Okay, we'll skip the halacha of Kohanim flying over uh, graves. No. You missed it. Someone once asked me a question. Someone once asked me a question that he says that he's coming from Israel and there's a very cheap flight available if he leaves right after Yom Tov Rishon. And we're assuming he's an Israeli or, or a person that only holds one day. And But the problem is that he's going to be, la- be landing in Chutzlaretz on Yom Tov Sheni. Okay? So, you can't do that. And the reason why you can't do that, I mean, you, you can't do that if you're going to be within a tchum of a Jewish population. In other words, if the airport is outside a tchum of, of any Jewish population, so technically an Israeli would be able to land on Yom Tov Sheni to Galiot and just stay in the airport. Until, until Yom Tov Sheni is over, and then he could go ahead and, and travel to to a Jewish area. But if you're in a situation where it's, it is within a tchum, so you can't do machal yantif, you can't do a malacha within a tchum of a, of a, of a settlement with the Jews. Yes, sir. If you have the opinion that you hold based on the, not minhaga opinion, but you hold that it's based on where you are, then aren't you violating, violating the Isur by landing in the new place? Yes. Okay, fine. Okay. Has anybody ever landed in a plane on Shabbos? Because maybe that's not a hal- maybe it's not halachal ma'isa. I should just skip what to do, huh? Nobody plans on doing it, right? The trick, right? The trick is just don't get on the plane. In other words, you don't buy a ticket that's going to land a few hours before Shabbos in the first place. And if things are delayed, so you tell the thing, you, you, you know, after an hour or two of delay, you go up to the, the desk and you say, I'm an Orthodox Jew, I'm not allowed to, to fly in Shabbos. Yeah. So that's a rare occurrence. It does happen because of storms and things, and, and, or malfunctions of the, of the plane. It's very rare. I don't know if it's worth going to the particular halachos right now. Is that honest? Huh? Considered honest? It's honest, but, but, but you can't carry on Shabbos. You, can. you can't say, oh, I have my expensive camera, I'm honest, I'm going to carry that on Shabbos. You can't carry on Shabbos. You can't be Maridalad Amot, but should arrive on Shabbos. Right? So what do you do? In other words, how do you... 
Okay? Anyway, we'll skip that. You're interested? Yeah, it's kind of interesting. Well, it's not something we can call you about. It'd be Shabbos. Okay, on the plane, you take everything <laughs> You take everything out of your pockets and you put it into your handbag while, before Shabbos comes in. Okay? You call over the uh, steward or stewardess, preferably a non-Jew, preferably, before Shabbos star- starts, and explain them the situation. Okay? If we're going to land, we're going to be landing on Saturday, you know, whatever, my, my Jewish the Sabbath, I'm not allowed to pick up or carry anything. And here's where my passport is, here's my, where my, my bags are, etc., etc. Under no circumstances, I'm not going to carry anything. And they, you know, if you, you'll be insistent enough, just refuse to carry anything, they'll, they'll have a steward come and, and, and walk you with your bags until, you know, until security. And basically, that's what you should be doing. Oh, sir, could you hand me a thing? I'm not allowed to. Do you want me to do that? I can't say that. You know, and, and basically, that's how you get yourself through. Now, once you get past, once you get off the plane, you're really supposed to stay wherever you could stay without them arresting you for, for security violation. Once you get to a place where they will no longer arrest you for a security violation, you basically stay there with your muktzah bags and, and, and whatever, and you, and you wait until Shabbos is over. That's it. Okay? All right. Next. Let's talk about halachot on the plane. On the plane. No, on the plane. Oh. So here, obviously, you have the famous, the famous story of Rav Lichtenstein Zatzal. And I'm going to tell you the story as I heard it from a very, very reliable source. And you could basically assume that any other version of this story is erroneous. And this is the the, 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 the the real story. They give him a plate, give him a plate, you know, of food, and he looks at the roll there, and he looks at the little note that's there explaining how the roll is mizonot, and that there's no need to wash for it. He calls over the stewardess to try to explain to her that there seems to be, you know, a machlokas in this in this issue, and. You know, that according to some opinions, he would have to get up and go ahead and, and wash. To, and she looked down and said, Sorry, sir, I really can't help you with these issues. You should best ask your rabbi. <laughs> That's it. Nothing fancier than that. That's how the story went. <laughs> What's the, the what he now, I'm not going to tell you the wrong gears. <laughs> now, when you are not on the tilat yadayim anywhere, it's preferable not to do it in, in, a, in a room that has a toilet in it. However, if you have no choice, like in the olden days, they used to have a little place where you could fill up a cup for a drink in the hallway of, of the planes. So what I used to do is I used to go to fill it up and somehow stick my other hand. There wasn't really room for two hands. But I would stick my other hand and then go like this. And then and after a certain amount of washing, I noticed there's like this, this river of water going down the aisle. <laughs> you know? Nowadays, you don't have that temptation... You don't have the only water that you have really is, is is in the bathroom. So what you do is number one, flush the toilet. Number two, close the toilet, close the seat, so to speak, the cover of the toilet, and then you wash your hands. Now here, I'm sure you all heard Rabbi Wolf telling you about turning on a faucet and turning off a faucet. I eat all the time. Okay. <laughs> the Shulchan Aruch says that a person could be not until I'm with a beres. Okay. But chas v'shulam, it's not talking about a beres like you would have in a building. Because a beres in a building is not a kli. And you're supposed to do an atiyah with a kli. You need a kli. So, but, on a plane, the water, the beres, is connected to a kli. Because there's a tank somewhere on the plane that the water is coming from. And that is the beres that the shulchan is talking about. And you can wash your atiyah. Yeah, you can go like this, boom, and then put your other hand and press down, boom, and then boom, and do whatever... You know, teal that you have to do. Um, you can't just open and close the barrels, right? That's not what the Shulchan Aruch was talking. Wasn't talking about a barrel of that type. They didn't have indoor plumbing in the time of the of Yosef Karo. Yeah, if, it, if it's from a well, that's fine. A well is not no. A well is not a cleat. It has to be from barrels that's attached to a cleat. Okay. Now another interesting question comes up. Well, what if you have a disposable cup in the plane? Now, the disposable cups in, mo- in most planes are paper cups, literally paper cups. And Ramosha Feinstein has a famous chuva, I don't know if it's that famous, 
But um, he has a tshuva where if it's a disposable cup, you should double the cup. You use two cups. Who's that, who's heard that double cup trick? Huh? Ah. So if you look at the date of the tshuva of Ramosha Feinstein, you'll notice it's like 1952. Okay, in 1952, in the good old days, a paper cup was made out of paper. <laughs> Not only was it made out of paper, they didn't fix it, didn't even invent the wax coating on the, on the paper cups, which came much later. <laughs> Such that if you filled up a paper cup with water and waited a few hours, it disintegrated. It disintegrated. So when Rav Moshe said that, that you, can't, you have to double that cup in order that it should have a din of a cup, it was because it would disintegrate. A cup like this, as an example, would probably outlive everybody in this room. It won't disintegrate. And even though it is disposable, and one could argue, and it's not a bad argument, that maybe it's not chashuv, a kli, because you're going to throw it out. I think that's a good argument. Nonetheless, I would say, you know, if you have nothing else, you, you shouldn't be using a beres, you should be using a cup like this. But on the plane, on the plane, I think they're makbit to use disintegrating cups. I think so, because sometimes people throw them into the toilet and mess things up and whatever. So I think they use disintegrating cups. So it is better to use the beres over over the cup and on the plane. Now, after you wash your hands, you withdraw, you, you exit the bathroom with some towels in your hand, and outside you make your bracha and then dry your hands. Like, as you know, when you make a making for a alphabet dime for mozi, you go... Boom, boom, on the right hand. No, two, two spills on the right hand, two spills on the left hand. Um, the minimum amount that you want to have in a cup is to start with a revius. How, much, how many cc's is a revius? 86 is the, is the standard. 150 according to the Chazonish. And this, this is 200. This is 200. So you're talking about a revius is about that much. And that's enough for two hands. Even though after you finish the first hand, you have less than revius, there's a mission that says you have to start with a revius, and that's enough. Anyway, so then you you come, you come outside, you rub your hands while they're wet, and then you make your bracha, and then you dry them. Um, now, it's preferable that you do this ceremony before they start giving out the food on the plane, because once the stewardesses go with their carts, it's very very hard to squeeze by. You want to have foresight when they announce that they're going to start serving the meal to quickly pop up, do your dime, and then go sit on, uh, at your seat. Right? Now, preferably, you should be machmi like the Yushalmi and try not to be mafsik until you make hamotzi. Preferably. But Mikra did in the halachas like the Bavli that you're allowed to talk after you made your dime and you completely dried your hands. I know that your mothers told you different. I know as young children, your mother said to you, Oh, you talk, go back. Wash again and make a bracha. But if she did that and you did that, she was responsible to send you to make a bracha levatala. <laughs> because, because if you dried your hands completely and you made, you made your bracha and you dried your hands completely, meek or din, it's not a hefsik to talk um, between that and eating the bread. True that if you spoke after making hamotzi and you started to fight with your little sister, and spoke then, then the hamotzi won't help you if to make hamotzi a second time. But now when it comes to, to washing, just a second. Um, yeah. Before I get to the bread, let, let me back up a little bit. Let's talk a little bit about negovas, or washing in the morning. If a person fell asleep in the night on the plane, and he wakes up and it's still dark outside, he wakes up before Amr HaShachar. Amr HaShachar is when you could notice on the horizon there's a little bit of light. That's Amr HaShachar. You look on both sides of the plane, you don't see any light on the horizon at all. Okay? Um, there, then, what you should do, if you plan on staying awake, you're, you should wash your hands, okay, with a bracha. If you plan on staying awake, you wash Negovasa with a bracha. Afterwards, when light appears on the horizon, again, you should get up and wash a second time without a bracha. Okay? That's the Ramah, that? Simon Dalid. What? Why? Why would you what? Why would you do it twice? Oh, because part, one of the reasons, the reason for you die in the morning is the Machot could be shown in. If it's only for tefillah, 
Or the other day, uh, that's the rosh. The, the rosh holds it's it's for tefillah and for you, that you are a yitzur chadash. You are like a rejuvenated uh, person. And so when when the nates comes, when the light comes, that's when you become like a new person, so to speak. So you you wash it a second time. If you plan on staying awake on the plane. You wash day. you wash Nagavasa with a bracha. Okay. If not, you wash without a bracha and then you make up, wash you wash bracha. Yes, and if in the middle of the night you need to go to the bathroom as an example. Okay? Go to the bathroom. Afterwards you should wash Nagavasa with a coast. Okay? And, and and then dry your hands and make a a uh ashrayatsa. Okay? And, and and but you're not making a, you don't make an island head you dine in the middle of the night. Only only when you're gonna wake up to stay awake. You have a question on this? Yes. Oh, I'm going to get to the bread now. I'm getting to the bread. Yes. So when they bring up the food, right? Sometimes they have the little cup and the little water thing. You know, like the little. Uh, yeah, yeah. 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 Okay, why? Well, because you don't want the water there. Your your, your nagel vas of water there on the by the table. I don't know. Are you allowed to drink it afterwards? Chas v'shalom. Did you hear the famous story of the dibek? I'll tell you later. Okay. Yes. No, lichatchil. You're not supposed to talk. Okay, but if let's say let's say the, you know for whatever you need to talk. If it's lenient suda, for sure you could talk. Okay, but let's say it's like someone's making a very big mistake in what they're saying when they're like two people haven't watched yet and they're having a discussion and they're and they're like one of them is like really wrong about the facts that they're presenting. You've watched, you've dried your hands, do you let a comment on the conversation? I personally would wait, but if you again if you if you if you speak but yeah, but it's not it's not considered a half sake. Alright, let me continue. I have a lot to say. I see I'm not I'm not saying as much as I want to say today. Um, let's talk a little bit about, about Lechem Mizonot. I'll give you the short answer first. There is no such thing. Lechem is on it. I don't mean to be smashing all these young myths that you had as a young child, but there's no such thing as Lechem is on it. Oh, but the piece of paper says... Lechem, bread. The piece of paper says... Um, I'll try to explain. The halacha is that there is such a thing called patababakisnin. Patababakisnin has three different, different definitions in the Gemara and the Rishonim. And one of those definitions is bread that's made with a lot of sugar, a lot of sweetener. To the point that it's not bread, that it tastes like a, a sweet Danish. Okay? So if you had that, I, I would make a mazonet on it. Now the question is, how sweet makes it too sweet that it's like a Danish-like? And here there's a little bit of a machoka between the Shulchan Aruch and the Ramah. Svaradim are very makbid not to eat sweet chalas on Shabbos. You know that? Yes. yes. You know from that. Because, of, because according to the Shulchan Aruch, you can't make a mozi on it, you have to make a mazona on it. Okay, but that's, it tastes sweet. And, and that, that shita, that shita is what all these caterers are being somech on. But all the Ashkenazim... If it doesn't stay, stay sweet, you know whatever. Then, then, then even then, it's more questionable. But, but what what some day, what some people say is, is to use instead of water, you use apple juice, and all of a sudden you have a mizonos, and it's it's problematic. Now, there's if something looks like bread and tastes like bread, and you're using it like bread, and, and let's assume it's made out of you know wheat and barley, whatever, basic flour, it's bread and it's hamotzi. More than that, even if there was a thing called Mazona bread, or let's say you used, I don't know, let's say you used the Danish instead of bread, okay, which is extremely sweet, and you used it to be Kovea Suda with a meal, you would make Hamotzi on that. As you all learned the famous two-slice pizza rule, right? You know the two-slice pizza yeah. rule? Ramosha Feinstein Zatzal was the author of the two-slice of pizza rule. That's the, you know, there's a certain amount of pata that's enough to be koveya suda, then you lechachila make a mozi on it. The Mogan of Ram Paskins, that it, you don't even need two slices of pizza. All you need is a kazaid of pizza, plus it's mitztarif, 
to all the other food that you're eating in the meal. If the, all the other food, the Magin of Ram, all the other food together is a shear of, of a suda, you're being kofei a suda with it, so then you'd have to wash anyway. Or if you're just eating pizza, though. So there's... Hmm? If you're just eating pizza. If, so if you're just eating pizza, according to Moshe Feinstein, you need two slices, too. According to Rabbi Wolf, and by the way, myself as well, I'm a, I'm a, a strong supporter of, of his direction in this, Pizza, I think, is no longer part of... It's not part of a kiss. It could be in the time of Ramosha Feinstein it was. But nowadays, I think if we took a survey, how many slices of pizza is eaten as a snack to compare to what percentage of the pizza made in the world is eaten as a meal, I think the vast majority is been called meal, not just as a, as a snack. And therefore, again, if... if it therefore, it's no longer really part of a kissing because it's not... The common denominator of all the Patavakisna things was it, became, it was a snack food. Pretzels and, 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 and danishes and things like that. You made the bread into a snack, and that's the way it would normally be eaten. But if you're eating it as in Bimkom bread, of course you have to. This is the Magen Avram says, the Mishabura says, Rav Aaron Lichensin Zatzal, you know, felt very strongly. And that's why you would have to make a mozi, even if there's a, a label that says on it Mizonos. If you want to be a machmer like Sason, Okay, then what I would tell you is take a piece of, of real bread from from the students or from home, and you could you know you could wash on that. Uh, but but I think lechatchila, you know, you could definitely you, you wash and you make a motzi, and there's no such thing as mizonas bread. Just a second. What if you're in a, in a situation, perhaps not on a plane, but let's say you're in a bus and there's no water. You have no water. But you have your peanut butter and jelly, jelly sandwich that you made, and you're really hungry. So you don't make sure the peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. You don't touch the bread. Yeah. So right. So what you could do is the old trick of not touching the bag, uh, the bread. How do you do that? So you hold the bread in a bag, or, or, or with a napkin, or with a tissue. That works. It works. Like, I tried it. <laughs> I tried it. I tried it, and it really works. It is legitimate. It could be found in Shulchan Kuf Kuf Samach Gimel. Uh, Simon Aleph and check there in the Mishnah Bura. You can. Gloves might not work. Gloves might not work. In other words, there's a takhana. Right, but if you if you took off the glove and you and you use it as a napkin to hold the sandwich, that would work. No, that would not work. Another piece of bread wouldn't work. You have to hold the bread with something else. That's all. You just don't let the con- contact between you and the bread, and you make hamotzi, but you don't, you don't, you don't wash. Even if you're on a teul in Israel and it's really, really hot, and you and you really want all the water to drink because you need all the water you could drink, then that would be legitimate also to do the bag trick uh, in that situation. Of, what if what? You don't want to get up on an airplane. You don't want to what? Get up. Like you're on an airplane. The seatbelt sign is on. No, that's not a good reason. Like the seatbelt sign is on. Okay, yeah. If, if, if the seatbelt sign is on and you feel it's some kind of fashos and you're really, really hungry now, yes. If the guy's sleeping Yes, but not just a, you know, lazy, you don't want to get up. Obviously not. If the guy's sleeping next to you, that might be also, that might be legitimate. That might be a legitimate uh, situation. Uh, also, by the way, if you're going to get on a bus and you know that the bus is not going to stop for, whatever, two hours, so you wash... You wash the tea like you're dying for a mozi before you get on the bus. And when do you eat the bread in that situation? You eat the bread an hour later. Can you talk? You can talk? So, again, it's preferable not to talk, but if, if there's a, a need for you to talk, you could talk. And you should just be aware of the fact that you wash you know, your hands. If you start scratching your head and things like that, then you, you disqualified your, 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 your washing. But you could wash well in advance, well in hours in advance... And and later make a make a mozi and eat, okay? Yes, sir. You'll see. When you're when you have um, you're holding up a bag, right? You say gloves don't work. Yeah, and it's much other where the gloves would be like bottled to your hand. It might it might. Uh-huh. Do. But what if someone else is holding it? Get somebody else to feed it to you. Yeah. That would work. Okay. As long as they wash, or does that matter? I don't know the answer. No, I don't know the answer to that question. That's interesting. I don't know. Yes, Avi. No, what? Correct. As long as you don't have a have hesachadat. If you have hesachadat, 
then your washing doesn't help. You have to always be aware that you wash your hands, and your hands are prepared, uh, prepared for, for, for eating bread. Yes, sir? Well, you said before about eating like a Danish as a meal. See, one has just one Danish as breakfast. My wash is for that. If you only have one Danish, it and depends... And you have that as your breakfast, say. That depends on the size of your Danish. Okay. Average size being... Average size Danish, you would make them as honest. Okay, and... Um, well, you said before about um, bread or what has to change bread or what one eats as a meal. What's the story of breakfast? Because people eat them as a meal. They're not technically bread and they're not technically sweet like cake either. I had a, I had a discussion once with um, one of the ramen. We'll just leave, leave them names. Okay. Um, and he felt that barakas don't have surat apat. He felt that it's not a normal, it's not a normal dough, and he felt that they didn't have surat apat. I didn't, I didn't buy that. And it was, I would be, I would be personally be mocked on on barakas. If, if they serve barakas for a meal here, I would take a, a slice of bread to be cautious for that. His opinion that it doesn't have surat apat. I take a piece of bread and, and make a mochi and then eat brackets. But if I had no bread, all I had was brackets and the kovea suda, I would I would wash. Yes, sir. All these occur all these times when you said that you wash and then you can talk to people, it's not the end of the world, you don't have to make another bracha. Those are all with the qualification that you don't have a head set right? On your hands. I mean, you only said that now. That applies to every situation that yes. you're about, Yes, like yes, yes. Ben. Do you then rice then then you bench after eating the Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you bench. Yes. When you say that, you're saying only only on your hands, you can have like mind thoughts otherwise. Meaning if it's like an hour in between You could learn Torah. Okay, and when you say the breakfast, you're saying solely the breakfast. like let's say you have breakfast and rice as lunch. You're saying you have to say Birkaramazon at the end. Yes. Yes. And in order to, to be machmed, I would, I would take a slice of bread also. But yes. So, as a thought, it's not that you have to have the constant thought in your mind that it's more. That's right. You just have to be aware that your hands are holy, so to speak, and that you shouldn't be scratching your head or, or different parts of your body. And what disqualifies your hands? Scratching your heads in different parts of your body. Or not being sure whether you, you scratched your head or you didn't. That might be a problem with the Okay. Um, let's talk about davening on planes. Right. Minion on planes more. No, we'll start, with, we'll start with davening before minion. A person can't daven Shemona Esrei in a situation that he can't, he can't have proper kavana because he's worried that he's going to fall over or he doesn't feel comfortable. In other words, Shemona Esrei requires a higher level of concentration than normal. And that's why, by the way, you can't daven Shemona Esrei in a tree, up a tree. Right, you learned that Mishnah. Same thing with Krishna. Right, Krishna requires less kavana than Shmona. Shmona so needs more. So, um, let's say to be one of those people to like try to stand in your seat and you're like bent over. You know what I'm saying? It's like very uncomfortable. I wouldn't. I don't think that's ideal. If you have to be in your seat, say Shmona is sitting down. Okay. Now, what about finding some place to say, say Shmona is on a plane? So I'd say fine if you're not with a minion. You go to the, the stewardess and you ask, is it okay if I stand in this spot for five, ten minutes in order to pray? Because by, by the exits, by the, the doors, the exits themselves, you know, the, the, the architects of the plane have created space that, you know, during the flight is dead. They don't need that area. But in the aisles, you're blocking people that, that want to get up and walk around or want to go to the bathroom or whatever it is. And you don't have the right to block those people. And therefore, you know, when you stand, you have to stand in a place that you know you're not going to be blocking anybody at all. And if you can't do that, then then, then diamond sitting in your seat. It's no great of it's not a great of error to damage one SV sitting. Okay? Um, and for that reason, dominating with a minion would be almost impossible without stealing the right of access to people to different places. And and there were there was like twenty years ago, Elal actually gave out like a flyer that listed Rav Moshe Feinstein and 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 and, and uh, Rebel Yoshiv that all gave that tshuva of you, you can't dive in with a minion on a plane. Um, now you could have a situation. You could have a situation like as an example when when you're on a flight to to uh, to Poland 
and the entire back of the plane is your yeshiva. And everybody wants to dominate at the same time. Even then, sometimes people have to go to the bathroom. But I'm saying, theoretically, maybe. Theoretically, maybe you could do it. Or sometimes there's an, a galley, a very big galley that's, uh, that, that's empty, and the stewardess has announced that Shachris is going to be in this, in this place. <laughs> it's not funny. I've, I've, I've been in fights like that. Um, you know, and then, then it would be possible. But other than that, even if, even if you yourself are not blocking anybody, I still wouldn't be part of the minion because other people would be blocking. So you, what you could do, theoretically, is create a minion of sitting people, people sitting down. You know, again, it, it's a little bit challenging because you don't want to have a minion with women sitting in between and things like that, but generally the, the thing is you don't want to dive in with a minion of the plane. And I have to tell you that, that, that in another eight days I'm, I'm finishing my Yudbet Chodesh for my father, Oliver Shalom, and I took a trip in the summer with my with my wife, and I have to spend. I spent hundreds of dollars extra in flights on flights to make sure that I didn't miss one single minion in order to be able to say kaddish, which I'm not sure. I don't think Mikra did not had to at the time, but I just felt it's something I really wanted to do um, in order to be able to say kaddish three times a day, minion three times a day, never to miss a minion. Okay. And we went to America. And um, on the way back, on the flight back, was the only time that I missed in the entire year of Yudbet of Yud Chodesh, I missed a minion, and it was with a Gush flight. <laughs> and there, was, there were whatever, 30 or 40 Gush guys on, on that flight. And I sat there, and I done Bechidus, and I didn't say Kaddish to my father. It was the only time in the whole year, because that's how strong my conviction is that you're not allowed to dive in with a minion on a plane. Yes? If you dive in sitting down, are you supposed to dive in again? Oh, I'm sorry. Another story I have to, that came to mind. When I told this story to somebody, to, to Daniel Thwaites' brother, Ben Thwaites, so he told me that he had a discussion with Rav Lichtenstein Zatzal about a similar situation when he was in his Yudbet Chodesh uh, for his mother, Allah Shalom, and and he asked Rebbechansin about missing minion, you know, when when you when you're saying kaddish. And Rebbechansin told him that when he was saying kaddish for his father, he had to travel for the yeshiva, like he travels, and he went and, and went to Rav Shlomo Zaman Orbach Zatzal to ask specially whether it's mutter for him for yeshiva business to fly, and, and as a result, not to be able to say Kaddish one time. And Ben said to me, while he was saying this to Ben, Rebbechim just started to cry, to cry. Just remembering the Kaddish that he missed. And it was the time that he missed saying Kaddish for, for, for his father. You know, Rosh Hashanah had in a Paschal film that, yes, you're allowed to travel for the yeshiva, for the needs of the yeshiva, and, 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 and even if it means missing a minion. And Rebbechim started to cry. Yes? I once heard that if you dive sitting down, you're supposed to dive to like Shimon Esther again when you get to your location? I never heard that. Never, I can't tell you. Yeah. Sitting while diving Shimon Esther is the but no, no problems. Or yes, problems. No, you know, the sitting down is if you can't stand. No, but if you... No, if you're in your so, seat. so you can't stand and you're sitting down. That's fine then. There's no right. problem with that. No yes. problem with it. Right. Yes. Uh, Firstly, if it's impossible for you to dive on the given one of the three outside of your flight, and you can have a million on the flight and rover from flight of Jews, you still don't do it, or what? Rove Jews are a lot of. It doesn't help you right. the fact that there's some people who have to use the bathroom. Some people aren't. And some people don't want. I could tell you horror stories that happen around Minyan. I don't want to even go into it. Even thinking of it just stares me right now. Yes, Avi. Would it be better to, uh, to wait until Minfa to bring the phone on when you have more Kavana, like with your tefillin and on a plane when you're sitting down with your tefillin? Why don't you have Kavana sitting down with your tefillin? You have Kavana, so you're putting it like you don't have so much room on a I disagree with you, the Mitzvah. I don't think your Kavana is less sitting down with your tefillin on. Yeah? If you're in a situation where you really just cannot have Kavana, um, that there are, there are people next to you which is really uncomfortable and there's no place to stand. Are you cute putter for that, for that Well, minimal kavana is is to, in the first paragraph of, of Shemona Esrei, is to think, uh, you know, the meaning of each one of those words. That's the minimal kavana. If you can't do that, then you don't die. Right. Like, I don't know, if you have like two 
huge people next to you and you just really you cannot focus at all. That's something like that. I don't know. Um, I don't think that should ever happen in your lifetime. Yeah, I hope not. No, I don't think it should happen. You can get up, you could you know, you could walk to the back, you could find a place for a single person to be able to stand. That happens. And, and a lot of times if you go to stewardesses and you ask them, I, I need to pray, can you find me a place I could stand? You know. And now all they're, they're a little bit less sympathetic, but you know, in other in other airlines I've been given like huge galleys, like the, as big as a shul, you know. And I was alone. I just dove in there. And then, of course, the the, uh, the seatbelt light goes on. The seatbelt light goes on in the middle of Shemona Esrei. Of course, you have to go back to your seat. No suffix. Even if you've survived many times that the seatbelt light went on and you didn't die, the, the point is the seatbelt light goes on because this is a kind of nefasha because you're supposed to put your seatbelt on. And, you, you know, you, you're able to be Michal Shabbos because it's a kind of nefasha. So, Allah has come of a kama, you're able to unstick your two, te- your two feet and walk back and sit down and, and, and finish your Shemona Esrei sitting down. Are you allowed to talk in between? No. No, why should you? No. No, you're not allowed. You're not allowed. No. You're not allowed. What? No. There's no Indian of hopping. Mamish. No Indian of hopping. All right. Uh, I got much more to say next week on this topic of, of travel. But that would make the shear an hour long. You don't mind? All right. Okay. All righty. Let's talk about Birkat HaGomel. Birkat HaGomel. Okay. Um, this is found in the Shulchan Aruch Tet. And the Shulchan Aruch, is, this is really, this is really, will blow your mind. Maybe not yours as soon. Um, the Shulchan Aruch says, when are you hired to bench Birkat HaGomel? So the Shulchan Aruch says, in any trip, that you would bench Tfilat HaDerach. Whoa. Close your mind. You get that? Should I say that again? Any trip that you would say Tfilat HaDerach before you start out, when you finish the trip, you chayv a birch That's the shukhan arach pas. That's much more expansive than what we usually think. I'm just telling you that anytime, okay? And Ravad Yosef Zatzal Paskins at Halacha Lamaisa. Now, yes, Ravad Yosef says that you would only say Tfil Sadarach on a 72 minute journey. But it means at the end of a 72 minute journey, you have to bench Gomel. You know, with the Aliyah and this and that. I asked Rav Gigi how many Svaradim he knows that Paskins like this Shokhanach and like Ravad Yosef. And he says he only knew of one. It wasn't him. Um, he only knew of one person that would be a makbit to always bench gomel at the end of those those trips. Now the Ramah is cholek completely on the Shulchan Aruch. In other words, it's a basic machlokat of understanding the din of birkat gomel. The Ramah says that birkat gomel is based on the Gemara that says arba tzrichim lehodot, over liyam lemidbar liyotzem ibeta asurim vecholesh nitra Okay, those are the four. It's based, I think, Gemara. I think it's in Brachot. Um, based on the Tehillim, that these are the four that have to give like a carbon todo or thanks to Kaddish Baruch Hu that they were saved. Because if you cross an ocean, if you cross a desert, if you come out of jail, which is very popular these days, and a person who's very ill and and then uh, and recovers, those are the four people that have to bench Gomel. So the question is nowadays when you're flying on a plane. Does that automatically mechayev you to uh, bench gomel when you finish a flight? And there are many different shitot. Rav Moshe Feinstein basically says any flight at all, you would bench gomel. Even if you didn't actually cross a, a desert or an ocean, uh, you would still bench gomel because, he says, the idea of crossing a desert or crossing an ocean is that those that atmosphere, that environment, is it, it doesn't support life. And therefore, if you're in the air, it also doesn't support life. If you ever notice, you like if you would take the plane from underneath the person, he would plummet. And therefore, Rav Moshe Feinstein was of the opinion that you, that's why you have to bench Gomel. Now, there are other posts, as an example, that Tzitz Eliezer says no, that the only time you would bench Gomel with a flight or with, uh, with a plane is if you physically crossed an ocean or if you physically crossed a Midbar. 
uh, a desert. But if you didn't do those things, if you just like flew from New York to Chicago, I think you know, you're going to cross an ocean. But you know, a flight like that, you wouldn't bench gomel at all. Okay, of course. Ravad Yosef has a sheet, though, that the flight has to be 72 minutes long. So if you fly, you know, I don't know, you know, less than 72 minutes, which, which are some flights are less than 72 minutes, according to him, you would not bench Gomel, even though you were up in the air. So that's a third shita. A fourth shita is Rav Salvechik Zatzal, and he held that the whole concept of Hodot Lashem is if you were saved from a sakana. In other words, to, to cross an ocean in the good old days... One out of five of people didn't make it on a regular basis. They would not survive. People that would cross a, a desert, you know, whatever, one out of ten wouldn't wouldn't survive the uh, the, the journey. So makom sakana, if you survive a sakana, you're supposed to bench. But but a flight from Israel to America is not a sakana. Statistically, how many people die uh, compared to the amount of people that fly or the amount of hours of uh, flown, etc.? A very, 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 very small um, percentage. And therefore, the Rav Zatzal felt very strongly that you should not say bench gomel. And that's how Rav, Rav Lichensin Zatzal felt that you don't bench gomel. Um, but again, you know, there are many different poskim. That's as far as the Chi of gomel. Yes, or Ali? Let's, let's say. I'm going to get to it. Yes. making it to a I'll get to it. Yes. If you want, if you that you can say it every single time that you go on a flight and it's more than seventy-two minutes, then aren't you stealing all the audio? Yeah. Meaning, like, you don't technically you don't have to get an audio. I'm going to speak about it right now. How do you do it? How do you? When do you make the birchas gomel? So first of all, it's at the end of your journey. In other words, you don't. If you stop over in London, you don't necessarily have to make gomel again. If you plan, you plan a journey from London to New York, from Israel to New York, and you stop over in London, you don't have to bench gomel until you finish. Now, obviously, it's a little bit difficult. How much of a stop is a stop, and when? What breaks up your entire journey? I don't have a clear answer for that. But I personally would definitely wouldn't wouldn't bench gomel if you stayed in London for a day or two days and then went on until you finish your journey. Number two, the bracha should be done b'frehesya. And you need there for a minion of ten males. The minog is to say it b'shat kriyata Torah. That's only a minog, to say it b'shat kriyata Torah. Mikra din, if you have ten males, you make the bracha b'frehesya. The minog, oh, not minog, l'charchila, therefore, you shouldn't wait more than three days. Because kriyata Torah comes up every three days. But Bidiyavad, you forgot, or you didn't realize that you were Chayv Gomel, and someone said to you, Chayv Gomel, there's no limit. No limit. Even a year went by, and, oh, I didn't bench Gomel. Technically, you could still bench Gomel. Um, so everybody makes it after their Aliyah. The Yisrael that is all of the Torah during the week should make bench Gomel not after his second bracha, but after Kaddish. Because right after his bracha, Kaddish comes. And then he, he makes a bracha. And if they're cheap on the aliyah, or they don't want to give you an aliyah, so you just get up after one of the aliyahs. So the guy tells you, say, say, say gomel now, and you go ahead and say gomel. You don't have to have an aliyah in order to do it. Just a second. If there's more than one man that needs, or person that needs this bench gomel, okay, one person should be motzi, all of them. This is also a, 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 a halacha that a lot of people don't know. Look it up. Ratio tet halacha dalid. Ratio tet halacha dalid. Okay, one person should be designated to bench gomel for everybody, and everybody else answers amen. You shouldn't have four or five or six gomel one after the other. Women are also mechuyavot to bench gomel, and the minig Yisrael because women, you know, are are tzanu and don't don't show up to shah, don't show up all, all the time to shul, etc. Developed that a husband could bench Gomel for his wife. But Mikra Din, the woman herself is Chayev. And there's nothing wrong with a woman benching Gomel. There are some shuls that the Gabe will give a clap during laning, and the woman will say it from the, from the women's section, loud enough that, that people could hear her. And there are some that don't do it by laning, they wait until after shul, where there are ten people, ten, ten uh, males gathering, and she says Gomel in front of them. 
Yes. Um, okay. Um, so, so the woman benching Gomel. But what if the people are in different areas? So can you remote, can you remote the Gabay should organize them to come in one area. No, 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 and, okay. and, and the Gabay should announce beforehand, one person is making Gomel for everybody, be Mechavim to be Yotze. No, like if you were all in a, like, survived in, like five people survived in mugging, and they all go to different cities. They all yeah, of, course, the of course everybody makes their own Gomel. No, no, what I'm talking about in, I'm talking in, in that minion. In that minion, you economize on the Turkha de Tzibura and you make a bracha once. That's the point. Yes? The minog is to do it with an aliyah and therefore the chachili should do it with an aliyah. If they don't have enough aliyahs for you, that's not, that's not terrible. It's during, during the aliyah time, that's when you do it. You go up to the gaba and you say, I don't need an aliyah, but I want a bench call now. That's cool. Yes? Um, you said at the end of your journey, you should try to do it at the end of your journey. Um, however, what if you what if you get a sakana in the middle of the journey, and then you go to Shafrid in London and on your way to Israel? It's a separate separate bracha. What? A separate bracha. Let's say the taxi that, that's bringing you from one airport to the next airport gets into an accident. Right. You chayv gomel for two things. I mean, according to the rav, you're not chayv for flying, but I'm just saying right. it's a separate gomel. So, so, I mean, you're not else Wait. Save your questions at the end. I have a couple of more things I want to speak about. Uh, travel. Sometimes people want to, let's say, travel through Europe or other exotic uh, places. And sometimes people might see an actual king or queen. So I decided I'll talk a little bit about brachot that pertain to interesting sites. If a person sees a king or a queen in their kingly or queenly garb, they should make the bracha Baruch Hashem Elokeinu Mechalam Shenatan Kivodol Basar Vadam. Okay, now what defines a king or a queen? So the halacha is it can't be an elective thing, an elective position, and he has to have the power of life in his or her hands. Now the queen has to be able to say off with his head in order to be considered halachically a queen. Ravad Yosef adds that even if she has the power of pardoning, in other words, to pardon a person that was supposed to lose his head, that also would be considered a din of a king or a queen. It's not as an elected, that's not a king. Once you're elected, you're not a king. Yeah, you can make a bracha. You can make a bracha on her. You can make a bracha on her. She could say she could pardon people. She's allowed to pardon people, um, but she has to be wearing her queenly garb. And she's wearing civvies, okay? Civvies, civvies, civil, civilian clothes. She's wearing civilian clothes. So then, no. Then you're supposed to make the bracha without shame or malchus. Does the does this halacha also bear in mind to Yes, yes, yes. Definitely, definitely applies to Ashkenazim as well. Next, um, the bracha of Mishana Habriot. Sometimes see people see weird creatures like giraffes or elephants. Is you make a bracha Mishana Habriot? The Gemara says you make even in Papanimus you can make a Mishana Habriot. A question could be asked: Well, what if you saw a video of a giraffe? And then within 30 days you saw a real giraffe, then I wouldn't make it Vashem of Malchus. You would not. I would not. A picture though is okay? A picture I think is okay. Wait, real giraffe, there's a chiyuv or there's possibly a chiyuv? No, a chiyuv, it's a Mishana Briot. Yeah. Yeah. Another interesting halacha, if a person sees a church or a mosque and he hasn't seen one and he hasn't seen one for 30 days, he would make the following bracha: Baruch Ata Hashem Elokeinu Melacholam, Shenatan Erech Apayim LaOvrei Ritzono. But that's again, you didn't see it for thirty days. So I think so. If we go out to your side, side point: a person should not enter a church. Okay, I'm saying specifically a church because according to most poskim, a church is avodazara. Okay. For any reason, a person shouldn't. And I will, I, I will give you another Rav Lichtenstein's story 
when he was in Italy and went to visit the Sistine Chapel. Well, not the Sistine Chapel, but the compound. And the, the, the tour group got to the Sistine Chapel, which is only used like once or twice a year to, to, to pray in. And he refused to go into the room, to step into the room, the chapel itself. And he asked the tour guide, uh, is there any other way of exiting? He's, and the tour guide said, no. In other words, we're, we were only going forward. You have to stay with a group, whatever. So he asked him, well, where is the bathroom? So he showed him where the bathroom was. And Rebuchenstein hid in the bathroom for a certain amount of time. And then when he came out, he wasn't able to see where his group was. So he went back the way he came and exited the building. Maisa Shaya Maisa Rav. Okay. Um, a person who travels and as a result loses a parsha, which some of you might have experienced just recently. So, Mi'ikra Din, Rav Lichensin Zatzal felt that there's not a chiv on the yachid, it's a chiv hatzibur. And therefore, yachid doesn't have to like make his own minion or whatever. But I could tell you that almost every time Rav Lichensin traveled, when he came back, he, together with other guys that also missed a, a, a parsha, he would make a separate minion, and would, for Rishon, they would start on the previous parsha that was myth, missed, and they would have one aliyah, including Rishon of the first aliyah, and then he would um, um, make a brach at the end, and then, then continue laning in a normal way, in order not to miss that parsha. Yes, Ben? On churches and mosques, is that each type is in, if I see a church, a week later, a mosque, is it, is it no, no, no. Once in thirty days doesn't make a difference. In other words, if you see one, if you can only make you can only make that bracha once in thirty days. Of any other religion or any religion, any over any worshiper area that's not ritzono. Yes. Uh, two questions. Firstly, uh, so we think we've not seen it in thirty days. That includes <coughs> reading about or seeing or anything. No. Oh, what? It see it means seeing live. So if I go, to it means seeing live. I just, I'm raising a question whether seeing a video perhaps would water down the emotion. Because, and this is my own swara. The Yushami says 30 days. 30 days is basically based on the emotional experience. Because if you see it every day, you don't have that emotional experience anymore. So I'm theorizing that maybe a person would lose that emotional experience of seeing a giraffe, right, if he saw a video of one. That's all. So I wouldn't make the brach anymore with B'Shem, B'shem Amalchus anymore. Yes, Avi. Why is it December midnight and you miss a day? Why is that not the term Makkish and Zibor? What? Why is that not considered a Ikar? You don't need to make a minion and, and you're doing it. Why is it not the term Makkish and Zibor? I don't know. All I know that it's not because Rilkensin did it. I don't know why. I don't know why. Can you do it before? Yes, sir. There are not going to the church because. It was still it's still used once or twice a year, or the fact that it's in Makoma Yes, good point, good point. If you have a place, a building, a structure that was used for prayers, but is no longer ever used for prayers, it's now a museum. So that would be an act that the the Ovdei themselves are Murvatel it to a different use, and then it would be okay to go into. Yes, but if they do it once a year, then it, it, it retains its its name. Adkan.